Aren't you thankful for that touch? Amen. What the Lord's able to do to wash away all of our sin. What a great God that we have. I, do, I really don't understand why anybody wouldn't want him. Amen. Amen. All righty. Second Chronicles 36 has a sad story. And then we'll tell you some things about it that I think is, is good for us today. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, bless now the time <clears throat> that we have together. Lord, touch our hearts. May every one of us in this room understand the messages for every one of us in this room. Nobody is exempt from it. And Lord, maybe we don't find ourselves in the place where the people were at that time, but Lord, if we're not careful, we could end up being that way. God, speak to us. Save the one that may be here without you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The story, as I've read part of it to you, the story's a lot longer than what I've read to you. It's a very sad story, but it goes back to the reign of Josiah. And uh, uh, Josiah began to reign when he was eight years old, and the Bible tells us he reigned for 30 years. Now, I have a hard time wrapping my mind. I believe it. I have a hard time wrapping my mind around a king that is eight years old. Amen. I mean, I know some eight-year-olds. What, what Some of the kids downstairs are eight years old. Who, who's downstairs eight years old? Anybody? No? Who? Oh, Danica? Who else? Alexa, eight years old. And uh, could you imagine them ruling? They probably have a hard time cleaning the room sometimes. Amen. Let alone ruling, ruling a nation, but he ruled. I mean, I'm like, can you imagine that? You know, your highness, what would you like? How about some Twinkies today? You know, that's what I'm thinking, Josiah. They had Twinkies back in those days. But, you know, I, I think about how that he reigned there, the Bible says, for 30, for 30 years. Go, if you turn back there to chapter number 34, you find <clears throat> here in verse number 34, uh, verses 1, 2, and 3, Josiah was 8 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned Jerusalem 1 and 30, 30 years. And uh, I said 30 years, but it's 31, all right? And he did that which was right in this great, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. I'd have to say from our Sunday school lesson, he had some example to follow. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. Uh, and I, I, read, I read here about, about this. I'm thinking, you know, this young man, I mean, there he was so young. But boy, I mean, he got on fire for the Lord. He did what was right, how important the example was of David that he was able to follow. But then as he as they found the word of God, the Bible tells us there in the 18th year of his reign, he purged the land, repaired the house of God. And then the Bible also tells us they found the law of the book of Moses. And, and I thought, you know, it's really sad that it was lost. That means to tell me that people weren't paying attention to the word of God that they had. You know, when you, when you got ready to go to church this morning, I hope that your Bible wasn't lost. And that would say this, you probably hadn't had it close to you very long during the week. But, it, you know, we ought, have, we ought to have the word of God close to us, and it was, it was far away from the people, but they finally got to the place, because here's a king, eight years old, and now he is gone, and they found the, 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 they've gone out, and they found the word of God, and they, they, they found the law of Moses, and they read it, and then wonderful thing about it was they read it, and here's what's important, they decided to do what it said. 
You know, we all this morning, we, stay, we sit in church, we got this King James Bible and say, I'm thankful for my Bible. But here's the thing, are you willing to do what it says? I, I say so many times, this Bible won't keep you from problems by sitting on your coffee table closed up. It won't keep you from a wreck by having it on, your, on the dash of your car. It won't do that. What will do something is when we read the Word of God, take the Word of God, seize it, and heed what it says, then it'll do something in our hearts. And so the people decided they're going to follow what the Word of God had to say. There in chapter number 34, look at verse number 33. The Bible says in Josiah, the last verse of that chapter, and Josiah took away all the abominations out of all the countries that pertain to the children of Israel and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. All And all his days they parted not from following the Lord, the Lord God their fathers. I would vote for Josiah to be the president of the United States. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, that would change some things, wouldn't it? All the crazy stuff that's going on today. But it's amazing what happened, what this young man was doing at that time. And then in chapter number 35, we find out, we won't go to it, look at it there, but in chapter 35, we found out that they kept the Passover. That had not been done for a while. And now they're keeping the Passover. And what a, what a glorious turnaround was happening here for the people there in Jerusalem. And, and, and so what happens then? King King Necho, king of Egypt, came to fight against Josiah. So you say, well, preacher, but everything was going so well. Yes, but I'll tell you what, when things are going so well, the devil gets stirred up too. And the devil had this old king there come out there, and he began to fight against Josiah, and he went out against him. Chapter 35, verse number 20. Let's look at that. And the Bible says, after all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple... You know, thank the Lord he got that all repaired. Necho, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Kershemesh by Ephrates, and Josiah went out against him. And he sent ambassadors to him, saying, What have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I come not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have war. For God commanded me to make haste, now bear, forbear thee from meddling with God, who is with me, that he destroy thee not. Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguise himself that he might fight with him, and hearken not unto the words of Necho, uh, Necho, the mouth of God, and came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. And the archers shot at, the king, at, at King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Have me away, I'm sore wounded. His servants therefore took him out of the chariot and put him in the second chariot that he had, and they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died and was buried in one of the sepulchers of his fathers. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. Well, I can imagine they mourned. This man turned the thing around, didn't he? This man was with such a young age, decided to do what was right. Made a decree that everybody was going to serve the Lord. And I thought, boy, what a great thing happened there. And so there was that battle. And now the king is dead. And so the people did something. We go to chapter number 36. <clears throat> and... Uh, 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 36 and verse number 1, let's look at that. And the people of the land took Jehoaz, the son of Josiah, and made him king in his father's stead in Jerusalem. Jehoaz was 20 and 3 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 3 months in Jerusalem. And so here's another young man now, not as young as his dad was when he started ruling, but now Jehoaz is going to be the, the new king. And the Bible tells us he reigned, for, he was 23 years old, and he reigned just 3 months. 
And then there was Elikim, they changed his name to Jehoiakim, and then he reigned, 20, he was 25 years old, he reigned 11 years. And then there was Jehoiachin, and he was 8 years old, reigned 3 months and 10 days. And then we find Zedekiah, and that's who we were talking about there as we, in our scripture that we read. And Zedekiah was 21 years old, <clears throat> and the Bible says he lived, he reigned 11 years. Now, we know that Josiah did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. We read that in chapter number 34 and verse 2 there. And then he dies, and then we got, as I mentioned just a moment ago, we got Jehoaz, and he reigned. And the Bible doesn't say much about what he did in this portion of Scripture here. But then we got to the others. And the others the Bible tells us about Jehoiakim and Jehoiachin and Zedekiah, that they all did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. But what a change. It's amazing how fast things can change. How fast it could change. Things were going, I mean, things were bad, Josiah comes on the scene. Things are going really well, and it goes bad again. What a sad decline. I'd have to say this, that disobeying the Lord is never a good thing. Amen. So then we come to our text in chapter 36 and verse 15 and 16, and we find something sad has happened, and the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers, rising up at times and sending because he had compassion. I'm glad he has compassion on his people. And on his dwelling place. Notice how they treated it. But they mocked the messengers of God. And despised his words. Misused, misused his prophets. Until the wrath. Of the Lord arose against the people. Against his people. Till there was no remedy. Just a few years from finding. From finding the word of God. We find. That all of a sudden. There's a lot of problems going on. All of a sudden, we wonder, you wonder, why were people not listening to the Lord God? After they saw what God was able to do, how that, think about this too, that they heard the word of God. It was a long time since they'd heard it. They couldn't even find the Bible. And finally, when they're repairing the temple, they find the word of God and the people come and they listen. They heard the word of God. They knew better. It's amazing. You know what? There's a lot of folks living in all kinds of sin today that know better. And so, well, it really doesn't matter. It's, you know, I, I'm not, who's perfect? Nobody perfect but the Lord. But God didn't say it's okay to sin. You see. So within just a few years, we find the ruin of Judah and Jerusalem. But then when I came to verse number 15, I find that God did not just let these people go. You know, God's a wonderful God, isn't he? You know, the Bible tells me, tells me he's long-suffering, and he is. But may I also say this this morning? He is not ever suffering. He's long-suffering. I look, and I look at this and I think, you know, the Lord put up with a lot with these people. Josiah did what was right, but then we have all these other kings, and they're doing that which is evil in the sight of the Lord. I wonder, you know, I, I, the Bible says in the sight of the Lord. I wonder if people realized it was evil. People are saying, well, you know, everybody does it. Everybody else is doing it. It's easy then to be able to think, well, it's not so bad. But God didn't let it just go because God did something for these people that he didn't need to do. He didn't, I should say it this way, he didn't have to do because they knew better. But God did this, listen to this. God sent messengers. God sent messengers. God sent somebody to preach to them 
the Word of God. They had the Bible of what they had of it at that time. They had the Word of God, but they were not paying attention. Evidently, they're not reading it anymore because these kings are doing all those things that are evil in the sight of the Lord. And God sent some messengers to them. I thought it was interesting how what he said about them. He said in that verse, And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his, by his messengers, rising up betimes. I thought that word betimes is very interesting. I looked it up, and it means this. It means before it's too late. In other words, things were getting really bad. And God said, I'm going to send some messengers to the people. They won't listen to the written word of God. I'm going to send them some messengers. Somebody that's going to preach to them what the word of God says. And God had Jeremiah to come and preach to them. What happens? They wouldn't listen to him. They wouldn't listen to anybody else. But God sent them betimes. It means before it's too late. And another meaning means this. In good time. So God sent men of God, sent men of God to warn the king and the people before it was too late. God was saying, you need to repent now. I think about somebody in the New Testament like that, John the Baptist. Didn't he warn people to repent? He came and warned people about it. They laughed, thought he's that crazy man. He's the one that eats the locusts and honey. He's out there, uh, you know, baptizing people in the river. Why? Why, he's just a nutcase. Oh, he was somebody that God sent. A messenger. A messenger. But... As it is with many today, O King Zedekiah thought he knew better than God. And you look and say, well, that's crazy. Why, why would a man think he knows better than God? Then why do we act that way sometimes? Y'all have a Bible? We need to do what the Bible says. Oh, but you know what our problem is? We don't go out and say, I know better than God. We don't say that out loud. But in our actions, we're saying, you know what? I know what I should do. How many times have I heard people say, I know what I ought to do, but I just don't do it. How sad that is when we act that way. Like we know better than God. Zedekiah thought he knew better than God. I can imagine probably everything else seemed to be going fine. Why? Everybody was happy because everybody was living in their, in their sin and felt like it was okay. They didn't like the restrictions that the men of God were warning people about. Isn't that exactly what's happening today? Don't restrict me and I'll live my life the way I want to. We've got the crowds today going out, walking down the streets of America naked, protesting. You say, man, there's nothing wrong. We want to be free. We want to live our life. We want to indoctrinate your children in this, in this, in this putrefying garbage that they're trying to get to our kids today. And everybody's saying, but it's fine. Let's open up. And the people are probably thinking, boy, this is great. We've got, in America, we've got a president that says anything goes. And I'll tell you what, it's just about that. Anything does go. But thank God there's some messengers that are still out there warning and preaching what God's word says. God, I, I, to me, I would be like, God, why? You, 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 you've given them time. They've had, they knew what was right. They found the word of God. And now these, these, these guys have come in, I almost said these presidents, these kings came in. And now they're messing everything up. And they're doing their own thing. They're doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And the people are following along. Why, God, why don't you just destroy them right now? But God said, I'm going to send somebody to them. You know why? Because God loves us. God is long-suffering. But God's not ever suffering. 
Jeremiah was sent by God to preach, but they wouldn't listen. Go back to verse number 12. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord his God, and it humbled and humbled not himself before Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the prophet. Jeremiah the prophet speaking from the mouth of the Lord. Jeremiah was giving the word of God to Zedekiah. He wouldn't listen to him. He wouldn't listen to him. But I don't need to listen to him. He's not my boss. I can imagine him thinking, I'm the king. He's just some preacher God sent by. But God sent to warn him. But he thought he knew more than everyone else. Look at verse 13. And he also rebelled against King Nebuchadnezzar, who had made him swear by God, but he stiffened his neck. Look at this. And hardened his heart from turning unto the Lord God of Israel. He wouldn't listen to anybody. He was calling his own shots. I'm going to do what I want to do. Let me tell you something. When you get that attitude, you're asking for problems. You say, who are you, preacher? Can I tell you this this morning? I'm a messenger. I'm a messenger. I don't have any more power than, than Jeremiah had. Jeremiah had the word. And Jeremiah gave him a message. But they had to listen to it and heed it. But he wouldn't listen. Thought he knew better. But it was not just the king that was doing evil. Look at verse number 14. Moreover, I notice this. Moreover, all the chief of the priests. Wow. And the people transgressed very much after, how about this? All the abominations of the heathen and polluted, oh my, the house of the Lord which he had hallowed in Jerusalem. They had rebuilt. They had got back to the word of God. And now what happens? The chief of the priests are involved in this garbage. Let me tell you something. The messengers that lost their message are what they're talking about in verse number 14. These men that used to tell the word of God, they went along and said, well, you know, if I preach that, my congregation will get smaller. Well, people won't like to hear. Do you know what? I don't find anywhere in the Bible where to preach what people want to hear. We've got to preach the word of God. I know. I know I've had people not come back to church because of things I've preached, but I dare every one of them to show me that I was wrong from the word of God. I know I'm wrong sometimes on things, but I'm telling you something. If I'm preaching God's word and God's word says it, then it's so. You preach about the, the gay thing that's going on today, and you preach about it being sin. People say, man, I don't like that. I know some good people, and I know, you know, you may know what you want to. Read your Bible and find out it's an abomination. Somebody needs to listen to some messengers today. Now think that now even polluted the house of the Lord. You can't just go to a place that says church on the sign. Now they don't do that. Now they just put assembly on the sign. They don't even want the word church on there. Everything's communities, this and that. And you know what happens? Much of it is just a bunch of baloney. Just preaching a social gospel. Don't preach on hell because that will make people upset. 
But let me tell you something. There is a hill that burns with fire, and if that upsets you, you're probably not saved. He said, well, I'm not going to believe. I had a woman, she told us on Tuesday night, she says, well, I'm a pagan. I mean, I'd been embarrassed to say something like that. But she said, I'm a pagan. She said, I don't believe in heaven, I don't believe in hell. I'm telling you what, she's going to believe in both of them one of these days, and especially in one. And so the people, what were they doing? They were, they, were, they were going after all the abominations of the heathen. These were people who knew better. These were people in the, and the chief priests there, they, they, all, they, they knew better. And now what they're doing, they're following the abominations of the heathen. Now you've got Christians that are drinking. Something's wrong. You know, Christians say, I mean, I, I can't believe it. They're even talking about, I heard some of, the, some of the preachers saying, there's Baptist folks now saying it's all right to drink in moderation. Where in the world are they getting that stuff? If you're not to look at it while the wine, while the, while the wine is, is moving in the cup, meaning the fermentation, where in the world do they get it? It's all right. They're involved in everything. They're closing down the services. They're acting just like, well, guess what? The heathen. Now they act like they got the jargon of it. They got the alcohol of it. They got the dancing of it. They've got everything that the world has embraced. Now they're bringing it into the that's what was happening here. That's what was happening. The great sin that was going on in those days was the sin of idolatry. You know what? There's a lot of idolatry going on in our world today, even in America. I'll be honest with you. I don't go to very many places and see a statue at a house. I've been knocked on a door in a long time that I found a statue. I've seen Mary out in a bathtub in the front yard sometimes, but not too often. One time I went to a lady from, uh, she was Japanese or Chinese, I'm not sure. And she had an altar and she had her Shinto in her, in her house. That's about the last time and that was when I was assistant pastor. So that was over 40 years ago. But you see an idol is not necessarily something made out of stone or out of wood. Sometimes it's made out of fiberglass. Sometimes it's people. Sometimes it's our toys, our games our playthings. An idol is this, anything that comes between you and God. That's an idol. That's an idol. God sent messengers. You say, why was God sending messengers to give them another chance? You say, preacher, I know there's some things in my life not right. God has given you another chance this morning. God's given you another chance. God gives another chance to straighten up. Because God has compassion. Well, that's what the Bible said. He sent these messengers. Why? Because he had compassion on his people. In verse 15, the latter part of it says that. Because he had compassion on his people. It wasn't that God said, all right, goody, goody, I get to really give it to them now. God was saying, these people have got so bad now, I've got to bring some judgment. But I'm going to send somebody. I'm going to send some messengers at the right time before it's too late. That they might get right. God's so good to give us the word of God and someone to preach us the word of God. He gave them a chance to straighten up. So what did the people do? God sent the messengers, but look at what they did in verse 16. But they mocked the messengers of God. Despised his words. Misused his prophets. Until the wrath of the Lord rose against the people, his people, till there was no remedy. 
They mocked the messengers of God. They laughed at them, made fun of them. You know what we preach, a lot of people, they make fun of today. Say, man, preacher, you, know, you need to come into the, in, into the, into the, 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 the 2023. You need to understand, it's 2023. It is not back in the ni- early 1900s. You know what? I have calendars in my office. I have a smartphone for a dumb man. And it's got a calendar on it. I know what day it is. But I also know what is right and what is wrong from the word of God. They mock the messengers of God. They say, you're preaching so old-fashioned. Thank you for the compliment. People say, well, you know what? Oh, Heritage Baptist Church, they're so old-fashioned, man. They don't sing the boogie-woogie songs. They sing hymns. Amen. We say, I got a blessing out of every song this morning. Again. Thank the Lord. Why, why they don't they don't have they don't have the praise group get up here and You laugh at it, but that's what they do. You got they come out, they come looking in like they're going camping, you know, and they got and they got they got all their outfits on, the preacher's got his blue jeans on, his shirt untucked. I don't understand why he can't just tuck his shirt in. But he's got all that stuff, and he's just he's just he's up there up there just swaying back and forth. They mock the messengers of God that stand and preach against those things. You say you're so backward. No, not backward. I'm red, I'm heading forward. They despised their words. They didn't want to listen to it. You know how much they despised God's word? They got new Bibles today. And I hate using the word Bibles because they're not a Bible. You know what? They, they, got, new, they got new books. You know, I, I'm, I'm glad for the true book, amen. They say, well, yeah, we, got, we, got, we got new versions, preacher. We got new versions. No, you got perversions. Well, I don't understand what the big deal is. Take away from the deity of Christ. That's a perversion. You take away, you take away, you know, well, you know, Mary was just a good girl. Mary was a virgin. You know, Jesus never sinned. I mean, we could go on and on and on on these things. But people today say, well, you know what, preacher? We don't, we don't like that. We want to hear some soothing words. You know what you want? You want somebody that's going to say, good boy, good boy. Whatever you did this week, that's good. Just keep doing it as long as you don't hurt anybody. Heard that out of people. I didn't hurt anybody. You know, doing wrong is wrong. God sent the messengers. They mocked the messenger. They despised their words. They misused the prophets. You know, people get into problems. They want to run to church all of a sudden. They come into church. You go, preacher, I'm having all kinds of problems. Would you help me out? You know, help me do this. And you know what? You help them out, and all of a sudden, they're not there anymore. You know what they're doing? They're misusing the prophets. Here's what people say. Preacher, you don't understand. You don't walk in my shoes. You know what? You're right. And I thank the Lord, especially you ladies. I'm glad I don't wear high heel shoes. Amen. I, I, don't, I don't walk in your shoes, fellas. I don't walk in your shoes if you work in a factory. I don't walk in your shoes. You work at some store, I don't walk in your shoes. You live in a home where not everybody's saved in your home. You go home to where there's lost people. I have not walked in your shoes, honestly. You can say that, preacher, you've not walked in my shoes, and I will agree with you, I have not. Or I am not. 
But I'm going to tell you something. For 46 years in counting, I've dealt with people who walk in your shoes. Think about that statement. I've dealt with the teenager that says, my mom and dad's not going to tell me what to do. Well, Chris, you haven't walked into your shoes. You know, you don't know. You grew up in a Christian home. I know I grew up in a Christian home, but I also know what it's been like to try to deal with young people that haven't not lived in a Christian home where they can live the Christian life. Preacher, you don't understand what it's like to work in a factory. And of course, I did when I was in college working in a factory. But for 46 years, I've not worked in a factory. I have not walked in shoes, but I've talked to hundreds probably of men that have walked in the factory. And I know the burdens that they have and the things that they say. But I know this, that the word of God, the message from the word of God will help those men, even though I've not walked in your shoes. You say, well, that, that preacher, that evangelist come in. I don't know. You know, he, he's not walked in my shoes. No, he may have not. But you know what? I believe this. The messengers God uses, we know this. We've worked with people. People have had problems with their marriage. And, and thank the Lord, I've not had problems with my marriage. But I've dealt with people who had problems with their marriage. I've walked, not walked in their shoes, but I've dealt with them. The messengers were not following the, the abominations of the world. But they were there saying, I've dealt with people who do. God gave the messengers betimes. And then what happened? They wouldn't listen. And the last part of verse 16 says, and the Lord arose against the people. Or let me back up. The wrath of the Lord arose against his people. Till there was no remedy. What a sad statement. The Lord said, that's it. Imagine Jeremiah, well, Lord, can, can I have a little bit? Lord said, no remedy now. They found out the truth. They went too far. It was as if God said, okay, you found the word of God. You knew the word of God. You had a good example in Josiah, and then you started listening to the wrong crowd. And I sent some messengers to you, and you wouldn't listen to them. You thought they, they don't know. God said, that's it. That's it. Whew. Come to a time like that, it's a scary thing. They mocked, despised, misused. I thought, you know, each week, we have the preaching of God's word at Heritage Baptist Church. Whether it's me or somebody else. Other preachers come by and we have them come and preach. We have the word of God that's preached. God's sending the word of God betimes to us. He sends the messengers. I know sometimes people may say, well, you know, I, may, I don't like that one. I've had, I've had people come up to me and say that. I can't believe people would say that because I didn't like him. You know what I say? But I did. And I'm the one that scheduled him. You say, well, I don't like him. He's too loud. He's too soft. You know, he's too ugly. He's too handsome. I never had that happen before. But you know what? Don't sit there and look at him. Don't give him a report card. Listen to the message. You said, well, I don't want, they were too loud. 
then you could have hurt them. If you turned them off, it was your fault. You may not like the messenger, but listen to the message. God sent the messengers to them. I wonder if Zedekiah thought, well, you know, Jeremiah, maybe someday, but you know, right now things are going so good. The people are enjoying their sin, and, and the people are happy with the way I've let our country go. Why, if I change now and tell everybody, let's get back into church, why, they're going to be upset. i tell you what, Lord, one of these days we'll change things back around. But God said, too late. God said, no remedy now. I wonder if Zedekiah thought in his mind, you know, I was planning on one day getting right. Maybe like folks sitting in services like this right now are saying, you know what? One of these days I'm going to get this right in my life. That sin that's in my life, I'm going to get it right one of these days. Do you ever stop and think that maybe the messenger this morning is at the time of saying, do it now before it's too late? I watch people that had sin reigning in their life and they would still come to church and before long what happens that sin took them all the way out of church and now it doesn't even bother them anymore and then it came to a time of being too late you see the things that are preached from the word of God are important because they can save you a lot of things they can save your marriage amen you know, marriages are worth saving. Marriages are doing, you know, now, now a lot of people aren't even getting married. They're just shacking up together, which is still sin, too. But uh, a, lot, a lot of problems in our life. You know why? Because men and women not listen to the Word of God. You know, we, we, Wednesday night, we're talking about, about the relationships in 1 Corinthians. The Word of God. How about that? We're talking about that, what it says, and how, who's the head of what and everything. You know, and people say, well, I'll tell you what, I'm just going to do my own thing. You know, if you listen to the messenger, you might save your marriage. You may save your kids and your family if you listen to the messenger. Well, I know the preacher says, you know, we ought to, we ought to tell our kids no, and we ought, to, we, ought to, you know, we ought to discipline our kids. But you know what, I just, I just hate to tell them no. You better listen to the messenger. You better listen to it because the messenger is bringing you the word of God. It'll save you from dropping out of church. Amen. You know, this, this building here ought to be packed. But there was something that made him mad. I don't like the way you did that. Well, you know, I think God didn't like what you did either. What happens? They're not in church anymore, and they're not even bothered by it anymore. Why? Didn't listen to the messenger. It'll save us from our ruin in our marriages and our kids and our family being destroyed and dropping out of church, and it can save us from getting into sin. Amen. Listen to the messenger that warns. You know, these young fellows sitting on the front row here right now, they're pretty young. 16, 15, 15, 13. They're pretty young. But you know what? One of these days, they're going to be older. They can learn things as the messenger brings them a message today that will keep them from destroying their life. You know why I preach you guys so hard to pick on you in the front row? Because you're ugly. <laughs> oh, I pick on you because I want you to listen to God's word for you to help make your life a 
wonderful life. Make it where one of these days you have a wife, maybe, and uh, <laughs> you'll have a wife and you have a family, and you know what I'm looking forward to someday? I don't know if I'll be around, but if God lets me peek out of heaven and see what's going on, I want to see them walk in those doors like you've been walking in with their family too, where they, they're, they're following the Lord and serving the Lord because what happened? A messenger came by and gave them a message, and they didn't ridicule them. They listened. I don't want these boys to go through some of the things maybe some of you men have gone through. Some of you could say, you know, I wish I knew these things earlier. I wonder if there was a messenger you didn't pay attention to. It'll save you from getting to sin. It'll save you from losing your testimony. Save you from losing your testimony. I talked about that in the Sunday school lesson. You know what? Our testimony is important because somebody's following us. You know, as a dad, I've got five kids that are watching me still. And I've got 15 grandkids that are watching Pappy still. I need to have the right testimony. I've got a bunch of folks in the church that are watching me. I've got to have the right testimony. But ladies and gentlemen, we all need the right testimony. But when we don't listen to the messenger that is bringing the message from the word of God, we're playing with fire. You say, well, this sounds like it's self-serving, this sermon about you. It's self-serving to you because you're one of those messengers. But I understand there's a great responsibility in being a messenger. I've got to tell you what you need, not what you want to hear. I love every one of you. God knows that. I love every one of you, but I am not going to curb what I preach because I love you. I'm going to tell you the truth because I love you. This morning I stand as a messenger from the Lord. No, I'm not holier than anybody else. I'm an old sinner saved by grace. God called me back when I was a teenager to preach the word of God, to be a messenger. And I've tried for all these years. I've said 40 years here at this church for six and a half years as an assistant pastor. Now it's really like 47 years because we're over a half year into the 40th year now. It's like 47 years. That's a long time. But I decided a long time ago that I'm going to bring the message God wants me to bring. And I hope that this morning we might heed the message from the word of God. That's why I want you to have your Bibles to see. You saw everything I talked about here this morning. Didn't you? It was right there in your Bible. It was right there. What happened? Take heed. The the sermon is so important for who today? Every one of us. Every one of us. So don't go too far. You say, how far is it? I don't know. But it came upon them all of a sudden. And God said, no remedy now. It's kind of like what's going to happen one of these days. If you're not saved, you die. You say, well, I'll just beg God to save me then. God, aren't you love? Hey, buddy, it's too late. It's too late. People say, well, I'll find out when I get there. Well, you're going to find out where you're going to get to. It'll be too late. How many souls in hell wish they could call upon Jesus now? But it's too late. 
How many people gone deep into sin and they, they think, I'll just turn my life around, but they've gotten to a place that they're just so addicted and so ruined that they can't even turn their life around. They've gone too far. Remember the book of Romans? God gave them up. It's a dangerous thing not to listen to the messenger's message. Are you saved this morning? Are you saved this morning? If not, today's the day of salvation. And Christian, is there something in your life? Say, preacher, you don't need to tell me. I can do whatever I want to. I'm an adult now. Like all of a sudden, it makes you wise because you become 18 or 21. It takes more than that. Well, I can do whatever I want to. You know, you probably can. No, you can. But don't be upset when God says, that's it. No remedy. You're here this morning, you're not saved. You come and trust the Lord as your Savior in the invitation. You're here this morning, God's speaking in your heart. Get things right with God. Listen to the Word of God as it's preached to you. Listen to it as you read it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the Word of God this morning. Thank you for what you've taught us and brought to us today. Lord, I thank you for allowing me to be a pastor here at this church and preaching the Word of God. But Lord, I need to take heed of what I've even said. All of us need the word of God again. We need to listen to it. None of us are above what I've talked about here today. Lord, whatever it is this morning you speak to us about, maybe we be willing to listen to you before it's too late. Before our families get messed up, before our marriage is destroyed, before our testimony is gone. Oh God, please help us heed the message. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed this morning. Maybe you're here, you're not sure you're saved. I wonder if there'd be anyone here this morning said, Preacher, if I die right now, I don't know that I go to heaven, but I'd like to know that. I'd like to be sure I'm going to heaven. Preacher, pray for me. Would you slip your hand up, anyone this morning? Preacher, I don't know that I'm saved, but I'd like to know it. Christian, this morning, you said, Preacher, I know that I'm saved. I know I'm saved, but hey, listen, are you listening to the word of God? Are you listening to the messengers that bring you the word of God? evangelist comes in and he preaches you say well he's not my pastor I don't need to listen to him I had a man tell me that one time he says I'm not listening to the preacher you better listen if God sends a, God, a messenger and to teach you and preach to you you better listen to what he has to say get your Bible out and make sure what he's saying is right listen to the messenger God spoke to your heart this morning there's something you need to pray about the altar is always open you come and do what God says Father bless the invitation now I pray that your will would be done Oh, speak to us, Lord. Help us make the right decision before it's too late, before we go too far. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.